audience, welcome back to another episode of Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. Today, we have a, a truly remarkable guest joining us, uh, Albert, the CEO of One Health and the creator of Voice. Uh, Albert has a really diverse career spanning from federal government, multiple startup founder, uh, and now embarking on his fifth startup journey with, with One Health and Voice. Uh, so uh, today we're going to really dive into the groundbreaking technology that uh, that that is behind Voice and and the applications within that uh, veterinary tech space, um, and not only that, but the exciting prospects it holds for both animal and human health uh, moving into the future as well. So Albert, it's a, it's an absolute pleasure to to have you on the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. No worries at all. No worries at all. So, um, yeah, I guess I guess to kind of kick things off, um, I mentioned there around your your career, the, the the kind of sort of journey that that you've been on from, you know, as I mentioned, federal government work to to being now on on your fifth startup. Um, it's quite a ride. Um, so I wondered if maybe you could share some, yeah, some some insight into that and some sort of standout experiences um, that's kind of sort of influenced that that path that you're on at the moment within sort of tech startups. Yeah, I really appreciate that. So uh, you're right. I've had over uh, 30 years, you know, in academia, industry, and in uh, government. And I really uh, do favor the industry side. And I've worked with some major corporations like Siemens Medical, Philips Medical. And uh, I've also worked with smaller ones, some startups where I wasn't necessarily a founder. Uh, but participated in the, at the early stages and then others where I have been the founder. And I, I really found that through this journey, I love the uh, experience of having multiple things to do and not just, you know, a lot of times in big corporations, you get one task, go focus on that, get another task, focus on that, or maybe yeah. your scope is limited. But in earlier stage companies, it's just a joy to, to get your hands into so many things and to just really expand in the breadth of experiences as well as the depth of experiences. I will say too, throughout my career, uh, I've always, um, I'll say have a mentor. And so even today, one of my board members uh, who I have great respect for, his name is Michael Stanfield, he is a mentor to me. And he's mm. an expert from Wall Street. He also did multiple companies himself. And he's a very successful person uh, in, in that regard. And so, uh, you know, from my very first job, I had a mentor all the way through to today. And even though I'm an old guy, uh, I still, uh, it, it, you know, appreciate having that uh, expertise. Sure. No, absolutely. So I'm, I'm intrigued to, um, I guess, dig into a bit around um, voice and, and, and the technology there. Um, I know we've kind of sort of had a, uh, a couple of off-screen conversations about the the, the product. So, um, I wondered if maybe you could give us a uh, you know a closer look for for, for anybody listening um, into kind of how that works and specifically around the sensors and and the work that that does across different animals and environments. Yeah, absolutely. So, Voice truly is a comprehensive uh, platform technology for any species, any breed. We're initially focused on animal, and then in the future, uh, the same technology could apply to human. And so we have uh, the sensor platform that in a non-invasive manner can collect anatomical, functional, 
physiological uh, and contextual information from the animal. Never, we don't have to touch it. So it can be worn, but again, it could be part of the environment. And it does that primarily through ultra-wideband radar and some other uh, sensing technologies. And then it collects that information, sends it to the cloud, uh, also the mobile app. And the cloud has uh, machine learning algorithms that takes these you know, nearly a billion samples a second and processes that information. So one of the things that's very unique about it is that we can tell you what the animal was doing at the time the data uh, was collected. So it provides context. Did the animal just get finished running? Were they sleeping? Um, and so we can tell what was uh, what was going on. And then also in the cloud-based dashboard, uh, the, the user, whether it's a veterinarian or maybe it's a rancher or it's a laboratory uh, person, they can slice and dice the data a number of different ways. And then we send out alerts if the animal is uh, hitting some thresholds they shouldn't be. Uh, so we really try to do this as a comprehensive system. It does have open APIs, so others can interface with it if they want to, and that information can be uh, displayed. And we also can act as a gateway because we are an Internet of Things solution. We do have Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and, and so forth within the system. So hopefully that, that gives a little bit of flavor. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd be keen to, um, just as a kind of, I guess, sort of a follow-up, um, sort of question on that just to kind of um, again for anybody that's you know kind of sort of listening and and um, you know would like to kind of sort of a little bit more clarity around maybe how that actually works so yeah. um, you know I guess in kind of sort of simple terms how do you pick up those billion points of, of data and, and and how does that kind of actually work in terms of the product Sure. Um, so uh, I'll start with the simple simplest first. So there, let's say the animal is wearing it. Um, we do have an IMU in there that collects, uh, you know, accelerometer and, and uh, gyrometer data. And so those are always on. So we can tell you about the motion of the animal, the gait of the animal, the positioning and so forth. And then the ultrawide band radar that we use, it is, it can be constantly on. Let's say you're in a surgery suite and you're wanting hard real-time data, well, that data, you know, that ultra-wideband radar can always be on. Uh, but there's a number of other ways that it might be used for post-surgery monitoring, maybe weight management, chronic disease management. And in those instances, the ultra-wideband radar fires at predetermined times, and it sends radio waves into the body. So ultra-wideband radar is actually part of the 5G spectrum. A very small part, but we send these radio waves into the body and we can totally penetrate uh, the body. Very safe. It's very safe technology. So when those radio waves go into the body, it's somewhat analogous to ultrasound that's sending sound waves, sound waves into the body. Okay. So some gets absorbed, uh, some gets re uh, you know scattered and some gets reflected. Well, those reflections, uh, we know how to interpret. So every part of the body, muscle, fat, bone, uh, blood, uh, it could be an organ, you know, the lungs, the heart, the liver, it has a unique reflected signature. And so we can interpret that signature. The other thing that's fairly uh, unique is ultra-wideband radar is very good at motion. We can pick motion up, you know, down to a, a millimeter or even less than a millimeter. And um, so we can see the carotid artery pulsing, the lungs expanding and contracting, the heart pumping. Uh, so you can pick up those uh, motions. You can also pick up massive motions like the animal moving. 
Sure. Uh, so you can detect those types of things. And then the final area I'll say is um, we have 256 range bins. And those bins are, are almost like slices into the body. So we know, are we in air? So if the animal's not wearing it, the first several bins, uh, we just throw away because we know it's air. And then we can start to see where we're penetrating skin, muscle, fat, and so forth. So those range bins tell us where we're at uh, in the body. So we can collect all this information, plus what comes from the other sensors, and sort of fuse that, you know, register and fuse that data and then come up with new learnings from that data or health and wellness uh, data. Wow, that's, uh, yeah, super interesting tech and, uh, yeah, truly, uh, truly inspiring, I guess. What I'd be keen to understand is, and I know, you know, we kind of sort of discussed before, you know, there's that element or, or that vision, certainly, um, uh, you know, from 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 your perspective and, and you know, the, the, the mission that you're on um, to kind of, I guess, connect those dots between sort of human and, and, and animal um, health, you know, kind of sort of moving forward. Um, how do you or, or how does voice kind of sort of bring this concept to life in its in its tech? And have there been any, I guess, you know, eye-opening discoveries about the relationships between animal and, and human health and the, the sort of surrounding environment. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, to that point, that's why the company's called One Health or One Health Group, right? That One Health is that intersection of animal and human and environment. And so we, we're starting with animal first, and it'll probably be a few years till we look at human, though we have a couple of human studies already. Um, But the same technology can be used on humans in a contact or non-contact manner. And so you can collect similar sorts of data, heart rate, rest rate, heart rate variability, blood pressure, uh, core body temperature, a number of cardiopulmonary uh, readings, uh, even detect masses in the body that don't belong in the body. Um, So, for instance, it could be a a tumor. Uh, We couldn't tell you if it's cancerous or not, but it could be some sort of uh, uh, growth that doesn't belong there. And so the ultimate goal is to collect this animal data. And we already have over a million hours of animal data. Uh, Likewise, collect human data in a number of different settings and environments and disease states and and so forth. And really um, fuse that data. You know, what is the new learnings that we protect, uh, potentially come up with. So machine learning algorithms that can help predict the onset of a particular uh, disease state or particular situation. And the, the real goal is to provide that personalized uh, medicine or personalized health and well-being for any animal or any human. Um, you know, as far as what the big findings are going to be, I honestly don't know the answer. I mean, once we start to get this data, Uh, we'll be able to tell um, a lot more the interconnections. But what I would like to say is if you think of animals, they get about 70% of our chronic diseases or more. You know, they get type 2 diabetes, heart failure, uh, arthritis, and so forth. Uh, So those chronic diseases. And if you think of um, humans and the impact of animal, so when you think of zoonotic diseases, those are diseases that started an animal made a leap to human, about 7 out of 10 uh, do that and things that come into play, you know, anthrax, everybody's probably heard of anthrax. Well, that would be uh, one of those things that would come into uh, to play. If you think oh. of things uh, like um, vector-borne diseases, those are things that are coming from insects or so some in the environment. 
So you think of things like malaria, right, would be uh, one that would be vector-borne. So what is the learnings that we can have uh, on the animal side, on the human side, to prevent uh, some of those situations, to predict uh, some of those situations, and then to take the earliest possible uh, mitigation strategy that we can, and hopefully it's minimal. You know, maybe it's uh, diet and exercise, maybe it's a pharmaceutical um, or some topical. Uh, the last course, you know, is when you you need to get into surgeries or radiation or things of that nature. You know, you try to hold those things off till uh, the end. So that that's really, um, I'll say, the, the objective and what we hope to. Uh, accomplish and actually this month we're going to have a uh, a blog post on it on our website. This month is actually recognized as One Health uh, Month. Uh, so uh, to those listening to this, go check out our blog post. Probably coming out in a couple of weeks. Cool. No, interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, we'll certainly be checking that out. Um, so obviously, you know, we kind of sort of discussed around that. Um, you know that 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 kind of sort of what you're looking to achieve in in you know from from a kind of more of a human health um, perspective and that kind of encompassing um you know one health kind of sort of title um how do you actually kind of sort of make that that transition then from kind of animal to to, to human testing and, and uh, you know ultimately moving into that space um you know what, what are the kind of sort of steps that you might have to have to take you know to, to kind of sort of get from one to the other yeah, absolutely. It's primarily uh, regulatory and testing. So the technology doesn't change. It's mm -hmm. the exact same platform tech, uh, and it works again with human or any animal that you can think of. Um, uh, the, the real transition is going to be make sure that we get FDA clearance. We would mm -hmm. be what's called a 510K. Uh, we don't need what's a PMA, which means a lot more research, and it's, and it's really... Uh, uh, no comparison, whereas a 510K, there are things we can compare to, such as uh, yeah. uh, ultrasound. Uh, and then, so it's really about uh, going down that path. It's also about conducting a number of clinical studies. So for every one of those things I was mentioning, like blood pressure or core body temperature, we have to make sure that we run that through independent clinical studies that are statistically significant sample sizes to show that we're as good or better than the current gold standard. And so it's it's really time and money and, and effort uh, to make that happen. And that's why we think it's going to be out in year four, or year five, that we look to make that transition because we want to make sure we have a really solid foundation with the animal data and the solution and then move uh, to the human side. Understood. Understood. So, look, I mean, uh, I guess sort of, last um question question from 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 my side um I, I wondered if maybe you could just share a bit about how um i guess how voice kind of approaches the market especially regarding kind of strategic partnerships and you know how they kind of sort of align with the broader goals and, and vision of the of the company as well right yeah so for us we're primarily going to be an innovation engine mostly scientists and technologists we will have a business development function and small uh, sales force that will focus on uh, niche sort of opportunities uh, but we're primarily going to work through strategic partners or strategic distributors to take this solution to market uh, so for instance i can't mention the name at this point just because we haven't gotten permission to just yeah. do the press but the very last week of december 
uh, we just closed a strategic distribution agreement with a Japanese pharmaceutical and medical device company to have exclusive distribution rights of our technology in Japan. And so we have a, a number of others that we're talking to in different areas, laboratory animals, service animals, uh, cattle, uh, for instance, production animals. And so we'll really work through those partners to bring this solution um, uh, to market. You'll also be able to have access to the solution through our website and e-commerce engine, for instance. And then we'll be at a number of the key uh, conferences uh, where, uh, you know, veterinarians can come by and, and look at the technology and see how it might apply. So that that's really our approach. It allows us to move very rapidly and to keep focused on what we do best, which is really the science and the technology. Yeah. Sure. Excellent. Well, Albert, thank you so much for your uh, insight into the amazing innovations that you and the team are really driving over there at the moment. It's it's clear that this intersection of, of you know, technology and, and healthcare holds some real incredible promise. So um, I wish you all the best of luck on, on, on you know, the, the, the continued journey that you, you're going to go on. And I'm sure it'll be amazing. So, um, again, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure having you having you on the show. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. No you worries. And, and everyone li listening, please check out uh, One Health's website um, and what they're doing. It really is incredible. And, and again, you know, please don't forget to subscribe and, and stay tuned for more uh, thought provoking discussions um, on Tech Talks, the People and Planet podcast. As always, stay curious and keep innovating. Until next time. All the best.